You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1038 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Rowland. Coming to you on a Friday morning, and today's podcast is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. 2.6 carbs, 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Today's podcast is actually part two, yes I say part two, with Ben Pfeiffer. Ben covers the NBA draft, and we recorded about a 40 minute episode for part one. So if you're listening to this and you've not listened to part one, it is best that you go back into the feed and find part one. So this is sort of going to pick up in the middle of that conversation, and we'll fly from there. But... Ben is a, obviously someone that's come on this podcast before as a repeat guest. There was some news at the top of part one as well. So dropping these two back to back for your Thursday slash Friday needs into the weekend. Hopefully everybody's enjoying the NBA draft coverage. It'll be a short intro here before we get to Ben. I do want to take a second to thank everyone for listening to the podcast and subscribing to the show. But go ahead and do that again. If you're not a subscriber already, please go ahead and rectify that via Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, Odyssey app. Where you'd like to listen to podcasts, we should be there. If we're not there, please let me know that at LockedOnHawks on Twitter or at BT Roland is my personal account. All right, before we get to Ben and part two, a word from our sponsors on today's show, and the first of which is BetOnline.ag. Even with the season over now for the Atlanta Hawks, BetOnline is still your home for the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season, for example, is still in full swing. You can check all the action at BetOnline, get all the latest news, odds, and information for all of your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, hockey, UFC, MMA, golf, tennis, auto racing, entertainment bets, and much, much more. Before the next pitch or dribble, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the latest great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prepare for their run to the playoffs. And even when they're in the playoffs, head to the website right now at betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Yes, that's checking out betonline.ag for 50% and extra cash and a welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use the promo code Locked On. The promo code is Locked On for 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Let's transition now. I, I want to get into the Hawks pick. So Hawks are at 20. Um, you're not allowed. We'll start here. You're not allowed to say Jaden Springer because we'll come back to him if you want to. But I do take him off the board. Uh, who is the who is your ideal Hawks pick at 20? That is like semi-realistic. That's not Jaden Springer. Okay, let me pull up like Tankathon and ESPN's best available. Yeah, just so get, can... get, get some names in front of you. This, yeah. is, what I, this is what I have to do too. So I don't I, for instance, yeah. I, I did my solo podcast and I was grouping guys up and I just forgot Book Night. I just didn't say his name anywhere. And I was like, I wasn't, yeah. it wasn't on purpose. And somebody was like, wait, do you really just hate him yeah. as much? I was like, no, I just forgot him. He <laughs> was just yeah. not in my mind. Oh my God. ESPN has Moody at 16. That's obviously the answer if he's there. But I, I, he will, I, I don't think he will be. Yeah. I, I can't imagine that. Like that's, that, that's so obviously the answer if he's there. He's not there, but yeah, I um, agree. Yeah, they're. they're I, I love Moody. I, I have Moody like seven. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Like God, freaking Sharif is also going to be there too. I mean, I wouldn't take Sharif. Well, that's the it. thing. So like, there's guys I like. Like Sharif's a good example. I like him more in a vacuum than I do for Atlanta. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, for instance, I, I grab Jalen Johnson in a mock draft because he fell away to me. I don't think it's going to happen. But what do I you? Do that. Yeah. Would you do you, you like that fit potentially? If yeah, you got I there? don't love I'm not huge on Jalen Johnson. That's probably around where I have him, like twenty ish. 
Um, I think like Trey is kind of the guy you want for him, like to unlock his like his offensive big skills. Because like I do think the like there's a really intriguing offensive big in Jalen Johnson. Like as someone who's like freakishly fast and you know explosive in transition, um, a very spectacular passer in certain contexts. Um, you know, mainly as a you know high post passer to cutters, I think especially is where he excels. Besides, you know, excluding transition where he's fantastic. Um, I just, like, don't really see any scoring outside with, with Jalen Johnson, which is why I'm lower, and because he's currently a horrendous defensive player. Um, with, you know, with some really intriguing defensive tools, uh, I will say. But, you know, I think the variance is so high on both offense and defense for him that I, I just am lower. But I think, like, around 20 is really good value for him because I do think the, the ceiling is, is pretty high. Not as high as some other people think. Like, I think some people think, like, 100% 100th percentile Jalen Johnson is like a top five guy in this class, and I just don't agree because I don't think the scoring is there. But um, and, yeah. well, the thing about that in Atlanta is that he doesn't have to he doesn't have to score. Yeah, exactly. Like if he can like like finish rolls, attack closeouts, like you know, be an amazing you know plus one passer. Like he immediately, you know, is I think like I think the second he steps on like the Hawks floor, he's probably their second best passer. Um, he, can, I think he can really pass. I mean, he gives them just a dimension they don't have. Like. None of their big men are like really spectacular passers. Like obviously, like Collins has made strides, um, and I think Onyeka is going to get. As I kind of alluded to, I think Onyeka is going to get to a solid place. But neither of them are. Like I don't know if either of them will, will ever get to as good a point as at passing as where Jalen Johnson is right now. I agree. No, I mean so, that's that's probably yeah. this that's probably still the number one knock on Collins as an offensive player is his passing, and it has gotten better, especially but, in this new role. But. Yeah, I mean it's just not his strength. I mean I, to his credit, he's gotten a lot better at it. And I think he might still get better at it, but it's not a natural thing. Like he's always been a scorer first, and he's good at that, obviously. Uh, but it's not like he's not a supernatural short roll guy. I agree with you by the way on on Okongwu. He's Oh, I have my answer, by the way. All right, fire away. I was thinking, um, my answer is Rocco Prakachin, who You and PD are so lined right now. I mean, I know PD's smart, so I don't, I don't blame you because, uh, you know, whatever. But, but the, I, I swear to you, I'm, you probably haven't heard it yet because I don't think it's even out as we're, as we're talking. Um, I, I but we, uh, PD basically went long on two guys, and it was Springer and Rocco. <laughs> I, Tell me why, I'm, though. Tell me why. Maybe I'll, I'll go less. We, we can go long on. No, it's guy. fine. I'm, I'm intrigued because honestly, he's another guy that I haven't seen it quite as much yeah. just because of the lack of time. So tell me. It just like doesn't make any sense to me that Rocco's gotten no love um, because he's the type of player that like every like like the mainstream should absolutely eat up. Well, I, I have this consensus board in front of me, and he's like in the 30s. Yeah, it's extremely weird. Like he dunked on everybody. Like he is like wired the exact opposite as like like the the, the stereotypical stereotypical European white guy. Like, he is the anti-Dragon bender. Like, he will try to dunk on you, like, no matter, no matter, like, how plausible it is that he can actually connect. Like, it just doesn't matter. Um, which, you know, leads to a, a, a spectacular highlight reel and some hilarious fails. But, like, the thing is, like, he's not even as amazing of an athlete as, you know, his highlight tape would expect. Like, he is very much like, you know, he's an exceptional run jump athlete. He's not amazing um, in short spaces, like, you know, he's, which is kind of, you know, more important to me in, in most cases, especially for his role on defense. So, like, like, he's not even as amazing as an athlete as maybe people would think, but he's so good at everything. He's also uh, very, very young. I think only, like, Josh Primo is younger than the entire class, basically, than he is. I think um, he's yeah. still 18 right now. I don't um, think... 
Is Giddy younger than him? I don't think so. I think Rocco's younger than Giddy. I, th- I think, yeah, I'm looking at this, I'm trying to look find this as, as we talk. I think it's like Primo and then like Kaminga, Rocco, Springer, Giddy are like the top five, basically. And, uh, well, yeah, I guess the I don't have five. a youngest on, five. On Primo, but like, yeah. Rocco's is the 26th of November. Um, and, then, and then there's Quistorarte on the other and, on the other side at 20. And Josh Giddy. <laughs> Josh Giddy is October. And Dro- <laughs> I would totally be happy taking Duarte at 10 if he was 22. Like, <laughs> I mean, okay, actually, before we move off that, uh, is it, like, how how far do you drop Duarte? Because I, I love him. Obviously, the age is a giant question mark. But, like, where do you slot him in? Like, where is he at in your, on your mythical board right now? Is he worth considering My at 20? My mythical board isn't really numbered. So I know. But... Um, I have him probably around 30 right now. Um, I just – I mean – I think the main disconnect between me and other people is, like, I don't think he's as good of a shooter as other people think. Um, just because, like, his... I think his shooting this year is probably more likely to be a hot streak than his actual shooting numbers. Because, like, unlike... I think Like, I've seen, like, him compared to Desmond Bain, um, which I think is kind of crazy. Because one, well, like... That's, that, that's just old guy who's good at basketball yeah. comparison. And, like, Desmond Bain's not even that old. But, like, Bain was 21. I know. It's just a four-year yeah. thing. I, I, yeah, I, I'm with you. Exactly. But, but, like, Bain was, you know, had four years of otherworldly shooting splits. And Duarte has one. Um, so I'm just not as... Like, I think he's a good shooter, not a great shooter. Um, which, if he was a great shooter, I'd definitely be more okay with taking him. Because I do think he's going to be a rotation player. Yeah. Um... um yeah, I mean, I, so yeah, I mean, he's good. I mean, he, I mean, he, he's a great finisher. Like as like a cut finish catch and shoot guy, um, like I think he's gonna be awesome. Um, There's a like, lot to like with him, in yeah. my opinion. I mean, I I want to go to the Lakers. That would like, be cool. A team yeah. where that a team that's like all in right now, because that's yeah. the concern yeah. is that his second contract will be when he's 28, yeah. 29, exactly. and that's that's then, not great. But yeah, I, I mean, defense. I'm not super like I don't have a crazy take. But, he's like, okay. People, he's fine. So people I trust seem to think he's fine enough. So yeah, he's fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, anyway, I, I mean, like, I wouldn't hate the team taking Duarte in the late first. Like, I would be totally fine with that, even if I like other guys better. Yeah, I mean, okay. So I'm assuming you would ha- you would still take Springer over Rocco at 20 if you're the Hawks. Would that be your- yes? So th- that's your top two basically if you're Atlanta. Um, yeah, that's my realistic. Within reason, obviously. Like, if Franz dropped or or Moody drops, that's not going to happen though. Um, okay, take those two guys off. Anybody else to scream me out to you? Because uh, here's, here's the here's the thing. So, cutting my, my Rocco. Talk. Oh, I know. I, I, there's lots of uh, there's lots of uh, appeal for those guys for sure. And, I know we have lots of prospects I can go along. Well, on. and there's this notion to I'm sure you've seen it in mocks or heard it. Like people are just really married to the Hawks taking a guard, like because they don't have backup point guard. And I get I get it because they don't have that spot. It's their one is their one hole right now on the roster. Uh, would you think about that? Like, I know, I, I know you like Sharif, but you don't seem to like him in Atlanta very much. Is there anybody else I that mean, you like? I mean, Bones, maybe? I don't know. The guard I would take there is, yeah, either Bones or Trey Mann are the guards I would take there. What do you think, what do you think about Trey Mann? Because Trey Mann is, like, mocked to the Hawks a lot. So people ask me about him all the time. What do you think? I'm about a him? big Trey Mann fan. I don't know if, like, guard is the direction I love the Hawks going. Um, but I'm, like, a big Trey Mann fan. I have him, like, right outside the lottery. Um, I, I used to be even higher. Um, but I've lowered a bit because I think he's like I think he lands on the side of very good shooter, not elite shooter. As a as a prep to pro listener, when you were uh, when you were hosting it, I, I remember vividly the talk about Trey Man's height early on. Yeah, um, so. Trey Man is like I mean, besides being like, <laughs> taller, he's also just, like a lot better now. 
Trey Mann used to be like, has, what, like six, like six one, and suddenly he was like six five one day. It's like, oh, there's Trey Mann. He's six like, five. Like I'm pretty sure, like, like, like he, like he, like his listed height only like increased increased one or two inches. But if you like, like go watch a Florida game last year, and then go watch a Florida game this year, like it, it, it looks like Mann's a different player. Like, but like he must have grown like three inches. Like, well, like what he, do you What do you like about him though? Like, is it because people ask me all the time about him for obvious reasons, but I, I like his. I like him. I'm gonna get out of the way. What do you like about Trey Man? <laughs> I think like if you're like taking creator swings, like he's probably one of the guys you want. Like I don't think like I mean outside of the top five, um, like you know like, like the, the really good creator swings like Cade, Jalen Green, Giddy, Springer to me, um, and then like Sharif. Like I think those are the only like real ones. And then I think Trey and Bones are the next two. Where Trey, I think. Um, you know, like the, the pull-up, sh- the, the pull-up shooting not being like nuclear to me is kind of an issue. Like his unassisted pull-up three volume this year was like unheard of. It was absurd. But like he only has, like again, like Duarte, he only has one year of like really great shooting. And I'm just like not ready to believe that that's not just kind of a hot streak. I mean, I think Ben's a very, a, a very good shooter. Like I said, you know, with extreme range and a quick trigger and an elite transition from his dribble to his pull-up. But I think, you know, again, in terms of efficiency and volume, we'll land on the side of very good, not elite. Um, probably the best ball handler in the class. Again, like, so, you know, so violent with his change of direction. Uh, it enables his slashing and allows him to get downhill despite being not bursty and ex- incredibly frail. Like, his ball control is otherworldly. Like, he never, ever loses the ball. And he's actually a pretty good finisher, like, despite his lack of physical tools. Like, his craft is really solid. Uh, his balance, his body control is nice. So I think there's there's definitely like room for man to be like a primary scorer with his you know with his handling, and I think the floater game could be very legit. It needs to be, but I think it could be um, you know the pull up threes. Um, and and then I think because of his size, there's definitely more utility as an off ball player. His passing is good. Um, it got a lot better this year. You know he's you know he 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 hit some very good um, interior passes to cutters for the roll man. But you know his his decision making is still decently rudimentary. Like it's all like very like one read stuff, and the processing isn't advanced or anything to me. Um, but I think like off ball passing with you know off ball shooting is going to be good. And then if he's one of these guys like ex- the like extreme extreme version of Tyrell Terry, um, who like can really finish but can never get to the rim, like you know there's utility um, there as a cutter or like in off ball actions. Well, um, part part of the theory too, I think at least my my ideal. Hawks backup point guard is someone that can play with Trey and like he has enough enough size and you mentioned his off-ball stuff being intriguing that's that's obviously positive to hear can he can he defend at all Ben that's what I was gonna say <laughs> I want more defense. like I don't think so like I think there's a floor just because he's large but he's, he's not a good defender it's like, bad on tape I know it's bad on tape I'm just trying to think if there's a way for it like long term to work maybe like he I mean know, yeah like all, the all joking like, aside because he is bigger than he was yeah t- exactly. uh, two years like, ago maybe like, he just has to figure that out now to be bigger yeah I mean he, he certainly is learning to like play in, I mean to, like to be fair he's never been a good defender like even when he was small but um yeah he's certainly learning how to play within this frame and because he's decently large and can add muscle and you know most players get better at team defense when they enter the league. Um, I think there's certainly a, like room for him to be like around neutral defense, but I still think long term you want better than that for Trey's backcourt partner, which you know, um, Mr. Mr. Jaden Springer, 
um, you know, it, it, it's just sitting right there. Okay, t- but, it's, it's time. Just just do the do the Springer pitch. I, I'm gonna clear. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get out of the way. Uh, you mentioned a few times. Going, I, I, I like him too. It's fun. It's funny because I've I've always liked him and I think it's a really good fit too. But you you guys are even higher than than I am. So yeah, I have Springer in the top. You know, in, in the top five. I mean, I'm technically lowered on him because I got higher than other guys. But like, he is so freaking good. Like uniquely like, like he has a unique combination of this class of like point of attack advantage creation and just point of attack plus overall defense i mean like defensively he's the best defensive guard i've you know i've ever scouted um which is the last three draft cycles like bar none this uniquely gifted point of attack defender with impeccable technique lateral quickness strength hip mobility like like will struggle at times with quickness but has the recovery tools there as well like in terms of defending with his feet and his legs, um, and you know blocking shots with you know his really good vertical athleticism off of two feet, and then you know an extremely sound team defender, smart rotations, you know destroys handoffs and, and DHOs, um, and you know, off ball actions like that. It's just you know super smart, sound, um, not mistake prone. Um, Going to be a really solid rim protector from the guard spot because he can really get up off two and get up quickly. And then, and then offensively, like I like I just don't understand like people who like say like he can't do anything. Like he like his advantage creation, while yes, it's like it's unique and it requires some creativity. Like it's legit. Like he is so strong, um, so so strong. Um, the footwork, I think that's gonna work in conjunction with his natural flexibility to make way for handling developments. I think he's gonna be a great finisher with his touch and ability to, to leverage his strength. Um, you know, he, he loves that hop step. You know, where he can survey or just knock guys back. Um, you know, he's probably a little over reliant on that, on that, on that to be honest. But, and then I think um, the pa- the interior passing is awesome. He makes some ridiculous interior passes, like in terms of just spatial awareness and understanding where his teammates are, and that blends so well with his slashing skill set. I think he's gonna shoot fine. He's gonna be an awesome pull up two shooter. Like, and I think often. Like guys who are really good long two shooters at this age are are the ones who pull it back to three. You know, Kawhi, Siakam. Well, and and the Hawks actually under Nate, who I I know you professed your love for in part one, like Nate is very okay with guys shooting pull up twos. Like that that was a pretty stark change. There were not a ton of changes in terms of schematic stuff, but they were very more people understood reliant on mid range in in the postseason. Like especially you know Young, Herder, and Bogdanovich. Kind of all had the green light there, plus Collins and his and his and his sort of different kind of game. But they're not they're not averse to uh, mid range stuff. Yeah, but like like in terms of a guy like there's like like the, the Hawks like he is a dream fit for Atlanta because like guy who can like who can really run offense and is the perfect defensive complement to Trey because he can really defend up and down. I mean up more, but I think you know Trey's going to be defending down more often. Like you know can't defend up even a little bit. Like like he defending down is the only real hope. But like spring, like, like you can't get a better fit than Springer. Like even like in the twenties last year, like like Springer is a better fit than Tyrese Maxey because he's going to be better running your offense and he's a better defender. Like you know, as I say that as you know, like a Maxey a, a Maxey enthusiast. Like <laughs> Springer is is insanely good and also like again like you mentioned, extremely young, will develop in unexpected ways and like thrived in a pretty rough offensive context at Tennessee, like. Rick Barnes is, is not a very good offensive coach. Um, like like he, he he'd often like drive into cramped paints, and he was you know coached to do those like back into post ups. Uh, he and Keon as well. 
um, you know, uh, I've you know I, I've heard that he wasn't um, like allowed to take threes really at the rate where you wanted to, or like was discouraged from it. So like I like I, I think the like the fruit in, in Springer's development is really low hanging, and what he can already do is really really unique when you you know account for context and just you know, really look at at everything he's done. So just you know two way scoring guards. You know, or should I say, creation guards are just like really rare that are like him, and you know the, the fact that he's going to fall to like the late first is it, it's a crime. Like it is truly, truly disgusting. Like I don't, I, I don't, I don't for the life of me understand it. Truly, like, truly disgusting. It's like some vitriol from you. I, I appreciated that. That was good. I am, I am passionate. About, like I, I am passionate about many things in this life, and and Jane Springer certainly is toward the top of that list. Like. Yeah, no, I, I get it. I mean, I think he's going to be good. So uh, I buy it. Um, I think my, my first two guests are in unison on uh, on Jaden Springer's. Take, take from that what you will, but I, I trust you in PD. So there's that. Um, okay, enough Jaden for now. A couple more guys before, before I let you get out of here. Um, I don't even know where to start now. So <laughs> there are other – let's go Let's go with the non-guards I'm gonna throw a bunch of names at you, and you tell me if you like any of them. It's already been 50 minutes. Wow! That I know. Is, yeah, it's we're flying. Uh, no in this in this range, if you like any of them for the Hawks, I'm just gonna say a bunch of names: Zaire Williams, uh, Trey Murphy, Kessler Edwards, B.J. Boston, Josh Christopher. Any of the or Io DeSumo. Any of them? Would you like at 20? Yes, I was gonna say Zaire. I think. Him falling into the mid first is a really strong value. Like I was like, it might, it might it might happen. I'm not. Sure. He's one of those guys where he could be he could go at 13. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. But he might. Get I there. have Zaire just outside my lottery. Um, there are some extreme concerns with him. Like the frame is quite untenable. Um, you know, he's which means he might be totally useless defensively and not good enough offensively. But like six eight shooters like him don't come along very often. I mean, he is a uniquely incredible shooter, shot creator off the dribble for a guy his size. Like, there are other, like, really, really qualified tall shooters in this class, like Kispert, uh, Sam Hauser, Franz, Moody, um, even Cade. I mean, Cade is the only only other one that's like him off the dribble in terms of call, in terms of tall shooters. Like, he is unique there. With, you know, some ancillary passing and, and team defense skills that if he can really, you know, improve the, the frame, which he, he has to, like it, it's, it's, it's imperative that that is the cardinal thing for him. Then I think he can be a really, really useful, you know, like secondary scorer type as well. And then who else? You said Kessler. I like a lot. I would totally take Kessler at 20. I have him within the top 20, I think. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Kessler is definitely an internet favorite compared to like where I see him in consensus. I like him too. Um, uh, who else did I say? I, oh yeah, I said Trey Murphy. Murphy, He's, Christopher, BJ, Io. I yeah, think. I mean BJ is interesting. I haven't talked about him actually at all, even with PD. Uh, obviously, he's fallen a long, long way in a year. Um, but I think there's. I've heard some people say that like it's almost gone too far now, and like BJ is underrated, which I think actually I kind of believe that. Um, but do you? I see a crossover for you. Of just was it too ugly, or do you think that it's uh, he might be interesting in the late first round still? No, I don't buy BJ anymore. Like I have him currently like towards the bottom of my list of guys. Like like in a vacuum, I have him 
like mid thirties, but I've only done like mid thirties guys. So well, and just for, for people yeah. that may not know this, like BJ Boston was a consensus top five guy before the season started. Yeah, I had him solidly two before the year. Yeah, so that's and obviously a heck of. A, I mean, it's not unprecedented. Like this, 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 this stuff happens. Like Cliff Alexander is a good example of this. It's happened a few times, but uh, ESPN has him forty, and I think that's fine. I agree with that. Okay, like so just yeah. two. Like, see, I think like a lot of the issues were rather than like something unprecedented we're just kind of like a misevaluation that was there in hindsight obviously hindsight is 2020 but like like even like you know his big his big issue is that like he just cannot create efficient offense like he's not bursting is, is, is that is that bad then yes this is not great seems bad he is not bursty not strong um the handle you know the handling space creation you know especially you know north south is awesome but like he just can never capitalize on advantages the you know the kind of like awesome touch and craft and you know physical finishing he displayed at the high school level just did not translate a lick. The the shooting which was always a question mark did not improve. The defense was rough. And I think like like this stuff was evident um, on his high school day. But some people did point like like I think PD was a person who like definitely pointed this out that like like BJ just didn't get easy shots even in high school. Like he very rarely got easy shots. Like everyone fell in love with, you know, myself included, fell in love with, you know, the step back threes and the the wild handling moves and some of the tough finishes. But he just he didn't get easy shots in the half court, and that should have been a bigger red flag for a creator prospect. Like I just think, like, what does BJ do in the league? Like, where is his pathway to upside? Because I like I, I think the creator dream is dead. So is he like an off ball wing? Like he's not a great shooter. He's not a great finisher. He's not a great passer. And, you know, his his best skill in order to utilize it, he needs a lot of touches. So I just don't really know what you're asking for. Like, does he get stronger and become a better finisher? Does he become serviceable enough to catch and shoot where he can use his creation tools more? Like, even then, I just don't see, like, why you're taking him over, like, a better off-ball shooter or a better defensive player. Like, I just don't think there's upside like I used to. So... I'm, you know, I don't like to admit it, but like I am pretty out on BJ at this point. Like, no, I, I understand. I know I, I get it, and yeah, I, I just, I've, you know, it's now it's contrarian to be higher on him, which is that that's obviously a, a long fall. Um, some part of my brain is just like, you know, the guy's still talented, and he's a wing, and wing bets are good bets generally. But yeah, I get it. I mean, I understand that obviously. Like, yeah. No, I, get I think it. it'd be a fine gamble in the late first. Yeah, that, that's kind of uh, where I thought you might land. Um, we'll cross Jared Butler off for now because it's just a medical thing, obviously. Yeah, because Butler's awesome. But... Yeah, me too. I'm I'm a I'm a big fan. I and I think he would have been someone I was screaming about at 20 as a potential guy. Before we get back to Ben, a word from our sponsors on today's podcast, and the first of which is Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors that there's something for absolutely everyone? When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're always passionate about their favorites. But if you don't know the Bilt Bar flavors, well, you're absolutely missing out. They have coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and available this week only, get the new Bilt Bar flavor, it's grasshopper cookie. What does it taste like? Well, this is Bilt Bar's version of the classic thin mint cookie. All the flavor without all of that sugar. 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 5 grams of sugar. My favorite flavor always changes, but this is one of my favorites. It's fantastic. And if you haven't tried all of the flavors just yet, you can get a mixed box where you get to choose where you get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are the Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're also very healthy. 
17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 or 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 or 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, and all healthy. If you order today and get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry, whatever you like, Built Bar is the place to do that, and it's the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. If you go to BuiltBar.com right now, get 15% off on your next order with the promo code LOCKED15. That's 15% off your next order if you use the promo code LOCKED15. Check it all out at BuiltBar.com. What do you make of like the score, the scores, like your your Christopher Io uh, Cam Thomas group? Um, Io, I haven't gone back through, so I don't have a take. I have never been a huge Io guy, um, but I I, 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 I wasn't. I, I haven't been either, and I'm still not super high on him. I, I I do think that I like him more now than I ever have before. That's yeah, not a I know huge thing, but he was he was much better this year. Now, yeah. some of that's just that he you know he came back and you expect the guys to get back, but he but he did it. I mean. It would have been concerning Bad. if he didn't, but also he did it. I mean, he was awesome this year. So, yeah, in the little I've seen, like I've you know I've been like not blown away, um, and just like considering he was like a non-primary guard, he's not going to be great on defense. Like, not crazy interested. But again, I I don't have a super informed IO take and it's a change. I really like. I think Christopher there is pretty interesting. Um, I go back and forth on on Jacob because. Like, he's just so far behind in terms of, like, actually knowing how to play basketball. But the physical tools are kind of wild. Like, the interior scoring potential is really real. Like, he, he's such a powerful athlete. He eats up space. Like, his finishing with his ability to eat and, you know, create contact, finish through it, um, you know, create separation with that body and with that, you know, ex- powerful horizontal explosion and, and vertical explosion as well. But I just think, like, what do you do with that scoring? Because, like, if he's not shooting, like, I think he, you know, I, I question, you know, how good he can get as a shooter, like, even off the catch. Um, you know, the, the catch and shoot worries me. The playmaking worries me. I think the decision-making stuff isn't really a concern, uh, a huge concern, because, like, Josh Christopher loves awful shots. He always has. Like, <laughs> I, he, he's, the, he's the guy that I saw more in high school than most because he was supposed to go to Michigan at one point. So I was like keeping an eye on him even closely. Uh, so I was, uh, I've seen him probably more than almost yeah. anyone in this class. Josh and he, he likes, he likes to shoot. Yeah. Let's just say. Yeah. Christopher. I mean, it, it was probably even worse in high school, honestly, as, as it tends to be for star shot creators at that age. And I will say Arizona's Arizona state's offense did him no favors. I would say oh, they, were hard, they were, they were hard to watch. There's much talent they Arizona, had. They were yeah. hard to watch. Arizona state is probably tied with Florida state as the two most difficult watches for me. In the class, and at least Florida State has Raekwon Gray. So I think it's probably Arizona State who wins that. But yeah, like his offense, like I'm concerned. I, but there is definitely long-term upside as an interior score. Same with his defense, like some real upside as a rim protector with his explosion off of two. Uh, and just like the way he covers ground so fast. And his react and his like inst- and his like reflexes are so fast. Like he is like so off. Like the Josh Christopher special is he'll be like two seconds late on a rotation. Um, and then still like immediately turn around and explode for a block or a good contest um, because he's just you know that toolsy and athletic even though he's you know so slow reading the game. Obviously at the NBA level that doesn't work unless you're just like a tools god, which Christopher has great tools but he's not like unique in his tools. Like there are, there are, there are athletes like him in the league. Like, he is he, he is a great athlete, but there are, but there are many athletes like him. Yeah, he's not he's not superhuman like that. I don't know. I mean, the, for me, I'm never going to love the the score first, second, third guy as much as everybody else does. And I, that's just my my own thoughts. But Christopher, the upside is considerable. If you think he's going to be able to figure out a shot, like 
he might be kind of scary yeah. as an offensive creator, in my opinion. Honestly, I like him quite a bit for Atlanta because I think like like, like you can really, really reel back his decision making responsibility. Like you just say, like like Josh Christopher, you are never allowed to make a decision. <laughs> like you catch the ball, like 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 you cut you you cut and you finish. You attack closeouts and you finish. You come off of curls and you finish. You you know. No, as a second unit guy, especially if the Hawks were to go in the direction that they might go with like kind of just not having a backup point guard yeah. and just like using Herder and um, that's he'd be even more interesting with that like yeah i honestly like that like quite a bit I think, like I, cause, again i think christopher like you know the idea is he has utility in a lineup with other creators because of his play finishing potential and i think he can you know potentially get the reps as a bench creator um even though it's probably going to be pretty rough for a while but i do think those reps are important if he's ever going to be a real creator prospect um you know his, his handle's got to improve uh, his shots got to improve big time, and you know his decision making is probably the biggest thing for his actual on-ball chops. Like, yeah, I think, like, like we we've, we've seen you know Uber downhill athletes like Ant Edwards and Kevin Porter Jr. like rain on their decision making in the league, um, when you know squeezed into into smaller roles. So, which is why I'm not like incredibly concerned about Christopher's you know really, really rogue decision making. Like, he like you said he likes to shoot like and he likes. Like he, he he likes difficult shots. He is definitely going for sports that in top ten, like every time he touches the ball. But I don't think that's inherently an awful thing. Um, no, it's not. Yeah, he he can he can definitely score. I I buy. I want to make sure that I, I talked about him because you know. Yeah, he's I mean, I'm probably land a little lower than other people, but like I would be fine with him at twenty. Yeah, like, I, I think I do too, and I feel the same way. Like if they took him at twenty, I would not. Um, poo-poo that, that selection. I think that'd be perfectly reasonable. He has some considerable upside, in my opinion. Um, and he's kind of off the, not, not off the radar, because he's been on the radar for a long time, but he's, you know, if you look at some of these consensus mocks, like, he sometimes goes in the second round. Like, he's not someone that's always going to be a top 20 guy. On it's definitely interesting, team. too, considering, like, his RSCI and high school hype. Yeah, it's a little weird. Like, I mean, I think it might have been, I it might just be Arizona yeah. State. They were kind of off the radar, and like we both just said, they were not really fun to consume, despite yeah, having him and, him, and, him and Bagley and Remy Martin on the same team, and it was, like, not fun, which is, like, insane, yeah. but it happened, so... Yeah, um, I mean, because like he, he, I mean, in terms of like like Instagram mixtape hype, like he's up there with Jalen Green and Sharif Cooper. Like. Oh yeah, I mean, I got I got that whole experience when he was again being recruited by Michigan. It was him and Isaiah Todd that were like flirting with Michigan pretty heavy. Yeah, and they were he was the famous guy. I mean, Isaiah Todd probably be, you know got more attention on most because he was in the G League thing. But um, anyway, it actually was going to go to Michigan. Like. Yeah, agreed. Um, anybody else that we haven't talked about that you want to get into? Like, oh. One guy that I have not talked about enough on this podcast, or really at all so far, that is I know is an internet favorite. What do you think of JT Thor? Oh, I'm a JT Thor fan for sure. Um, he's cool. Um, I think like the top ten stuff is maybe a tad carried away. It seems a little bit aggressive to me. I'm not, I'm not even, I'm, and that's not even me, me, me crapping on it. I think he's yeah. talented, but like I have him like you know mid teens ish range. I mean, he is extremely young now that he has clarified to everyone that he is actually O two, not O one. Um, which is interesting because like ev- everywhere you looked said his birthday was August 01, but he has confirmed to people that it is August 02, which is, inter- which is obviously interesting. Um, but Thor, I mean like he's like really unique amongst like the super raw hyper athlete types. Like you get these, um, you know, just th- thinking about like um, off the top of my head. Um, I, I definitely had like, like, like I thought of a whole list of these, like, like Melvin Frazier, Lamine Janae, 
Like those oh, type of Melvin like, Frazier. I like Melvin Frazier. I also liked Melvin Frazier, but it, did, like, it didn't work. But I, I liked Melvin Frazier. That was also well before I knew what I was talking about. Um, I, I never did know what I was but, talking about. So, but like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I thought Frazier was cool. But yeah, like, uh, like, like a hilarious, like vertical athlete, explosive in short and long spaces, like just ridiculously explosive, and with the movement skills. But like his shooting is kind of absurd. Like his pull-up mechanics are gorgeous. His shot versatility, which you know I, I harp on all the time, as you know being so predictive of shooting upside. Like his height and shot versatility, like taking pull-ups, off-moving threes, difficult step-backs, off-dribble mid-rangers. Like it is wildly impressive, and I think there's real upside there as an off-dribble shot maker. Obviously, like right now he's just a lot of pieces and not a whole puzzle because like he doesn't really know how to play. I do think that there's some interesting, like interesting flashes of quick processing and passing with Thor, um, and I think you know defensive rotations as well. But I think a lot of his, you know, great rotations are you know mostly tools and, and not as much instincts or, or, or real recognition. And then yeah, again, offensively, he has to like figure out how to play. But like, he's going to be an amazing play finisher because like like what a lob threat. I I hope whatever team drafts Sharif Cooper also drafts J T Thor to keep that thing going. <laughs> yeah, like agreed the best lob passer and the best lob catcher probably in the draft. Actually, I don't know. I mean, I think Evan Mo was probably better at catching lobs, but yeah, Thor is really interesting. Like I totally get like would swing on him fairly high if I thought my development was right. And if, you know, the pick was right and the value is right. Cause there, there are some real high end outcomes with him. Like just guys with that age and athleticism and, you know, and shooting. Uh, I think, you know, there's, you know, that obviously lends its way to slashing potential and there's off ball game there. And I think you could even do some stuff with him as a role man. And then obviously defensively, like he's, he's, he's fairly chaotic, but there's obviously value there as a, as a weak center protector and as, as a large mover. So, yeah, he was a guy I just hadn't talked about. And I know, I know he has a, uh, this is, this is going to sound derogatory and it's not, but I was going to say cult following because as you said, people have him in the top 10, which is like pretty aggressive, but Hey, I mean, I, like the guys you like. I like him. I think he's interesting, but um, there's kind of a split that developed there, and I wanted to see what you thought of him because he's kind of been off, not off my radar, but not in my, like, yeah. number 20 radar, and then it's like, oh, some people have him, like, at number nine. <laughs> it's like, okay, maybe I have to think about it. Auburn him is so fun to watch. They were like, fun. I watched Auburn at the, I mean, technically my uh, Missouri Tigers, um, even though, like, I don't, like, I just don't, I don't fan for them as much as I probably should. Like, Sharif Cooper eviscerated them. Like, he was – that was – I think Sharif against um, against Mizzou is, is up there with uh, a game I'm sure you're familiar with, uh, Franz versus North- Northwestern as, like, the best prospect games this year. Like, oh, he yeah. and it's Thor as well. Like, just 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 killed that team. Like, ate, ate, ate those poor guards and, and bigs alive. Like, it's so, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, um – like, very uh very Thor, much fun yeah thor also has like like also does like the zion thing where like you'll, you'll see people myself included like like posting twitter screenshots of him standing six feet away from like a guy with the ball and and the captain's like he blocks the shot like <laughs> like nothing to the extent of like zion blocking deandre hunter like starting like in the paint like <laughs> nothing like that play that i'm sure many are familiar with but like he certainly does it, and it's and it's, and it's hilariously fun. Yeah, absolutely, uh, definitely the case. Um, you know what, Ben? We could go forever, but um, 
I'm going to give you one final chance to shout out any player that you would like. Um, and after that, we can get out of here because I've taken up too much of your time. Shoot. Oh, my God. You're putting me on the spot. Um, I didn't say anything about Bones. I was just thinking about this Bones. This is kind of like catching eye, oh. but not, you know? <laughs> it's just one big catching eye. Yeah, oh, yeah. exactly. I, put it, I don't think Jake and Max are – I mean, Jake and Max are like spotlight skills now, which is, you know, I like it. It's not catching eye. It's uh, it's it's similar enough, but yeah, talk talk, talk, talk about Bones because Bones is a guy who's on who yeah. could be on the radar for the Hawks too, which is helpful. I have Bones as like a borderline lottery pick, which is really high. I I haven't seen anybody who I respect with Bones that high in terms of like draft pains. Um or really almost anybody. But like, I think Bones like is pretty unique as a creator prospect because you know, like Trey Mann, I mean, he is genuinely a nuclear pull up shooter, like absurd. Like volume, versatility, his range, his transition from you know dribble to shot, his space creation, like all of that, it's 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 ridiculous. He might be the best shooter in the class. And then this year he has expanded his rim pressure and has become like a legitimate threat there. Where last year he never got to the rim, he had like a ten free throw rate. Um, and this year, like his burst has become a legitimate trump card. Like he lives at the rim. And is like a uniquely good finisher in terms of craft, like so good, like decelerating around and before defenders, uh, finishing with with touch and with balance and with body control. Obviously, you know, as the nickname goes, like extremely slender, um, and the frame has to improve. But like as a secondary scorer, um, like the like and like small guard scores obviously can exist now because of how many big creators there are in the league and big decision makers. Um, so, so maybe not as much for the Hawks. Because um, I think Bones and Trey are a little redundant. I mean, Bones will be an immaculate off-ball shooter and you know close-up attacker, and the passing is 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 kind of bleh. But just like the like like the rim volume, like like obviously like draft qu- like Bartorovic query scouting is you know kind of like has its holes and isn't that useful in a vacuum. But like if if you plug in Bones's like three-point volume and rim volume. The only real prospects that you get are like Damian Lillard and Trey, and obviously he's not is, that is, level. Is that, of is that good? Um, <laughs> he's obviously not that level of prospect, but it's still impressive company. Um, yeah, yeah I, I like. So. Um, I want to give a actually. I, I'm going to give two more because I don't want to end on a negative note. By all means, go ahead. So Cam Thomas, I, I heard you mention. Oh, oh yeah. Honestly, honestly, I'll just finish off the guys that you mentioned because. Sure, that's the best way to do it. Let's do it. So I, I guess I'll start with the neutral one, which is Trey Murphy, who I like. Like he's kind of a draft Twitter darling. What do you think? Like, well, it's actually interesting because like I'm not sure now. I feel like almost the opposite. I feel like the consensus rocketed him up so much in the last like month that he's almost getting some pushback now on draft Twitter. I could be wrong about this. Um, you, you probably know better than I do, but like I don't like see because like I've done my pushing back because I don't like Trey Murphy like. He is very simply like he's large, a good shooter, and moves well laterally. Like that's an NBA, like that's a rotation win. And that's and basically what the th- I mean, honestly, that's, that's kind of the theory of Trey Murphy. He's like he's six nine, yeah. he can really shoot, and he can move a little bit. And that's, that's the issues are one like I don't think Trey Murphy is that good of a shooter. Like one like the priors like like like, like I mean he, he has better priors than Duarte for sure. It's different, but his issue is like he has no shot versatility, which is something that I've again, like I think is supremely important for projecting shooting. Like. He is strictly catch and shoot. Like if you go watch his highlight tape, which I think, like I've been incorporating more highlight scouting into my process, which is just really fun. Like comparing guys' highlight tapes, 
And I think, you know, looking at what is and isn't there in a highlight tape can tell you a lot. Because Trey's offense is literally catching shoots and cut dunks. Like, there were maybe, like, 10 or 11 moments on his, like, 15-minute highlight tape that weren't that. And while he, he's a good he's, – he's a very, very good catch-and-shooter, like, to me, that's just, like, screams James Ennis or Glenn Robinson types where, yeah, they might shoot, you know, 39 40% from three on, you know, lowish volume, but that's just not a player that teams are threatened by, especially in the playoffs, compared to, you know, more versatile shooters that shoot more and aren't as efficient. So I think Trey is just super limited offensively. Um, you know, pretty explosive, you know, good finisher on dunks, catch and shoot, whatever, like fifth offensive player that, you know, might not be good enough. We'll, we'll provide spacing probably. And then you, again, like pretty, pretty dang good lateral move for for a guy's size and he's long and uses his length well. But like, I've seen him like compared to defenders like, like Franz and like Moody. And I think like, he's just not that level of off ball defender for sure. Like he's, he's just not that level of defender to me. Like he's a very good wing defender, no doubt. But I, I, again, I just don't think that level – he's that level. Like, I prefer his teammate, Sam Hauser, who is older and less good on defense, but is, like, a Duncan Robinson-level shooter. He is, like – like, if you think Desmond Bain had, like, really good four-year shooting shooting splits, go look at Sam Hauser. <laughs> like, he's absurd. Um, like, t- totally bananas as a shot maker with, like, really plus passing as well. So, like, I mean, that's not to get sidetracked, but, like – the Hauser is cool, and I'm not as in on Murphy. I'll do Cam Thomas. I mean, if you want to interject, this is your podcast. No, no. Listen, <laughs> the floor is yours. I, I think uh, I like I like Murphy, but I'm also predisposed to liking that archetype. But also, if you don't think that he's a great shooter, then he's not as appealing. So, like, if you if yeah. you're just like he's an really, okay, pretty good, good shooter, not great to me as a shooter. Yeah, which, and that's like, if I really thought he was a great shooter, I'd be in. I, I'd be fine. And that makes sense. Time. Go ahead on Cam Thomas. All right, Cam, um, I don't like Cam Thomas, which is why I didn't want to end on a negative note because um, I don't have that much great to say about him. I'm actually kind of fascinated. Before I, I'm going to let you do this, I promise. Yeah. I'm fascinated by this because there is this giant split. I feel like people either love Cam Thomas or they don't like yeah. him at all. And it's – is it just archetypal? Like is it just that like people agree on what he can and can't do for the most part and it's just like do you value that or not? Is it that simple? I don't know. Kind of. Like he is – you know, like – Cam Cam Thomas would not be draftable if he didn't have real special shot making upside, like his shooting numbers, his you know general scoring output, the uh, versatile tough shot making from all over the floor is undeniably impressive. But like when when it comes to like what else does he do and how do you utilize that, like he you know despises passing the ball. Like he has some flashes of vision I think, but he he, he doesn't like do it do it ever. And then, like, you know, I think which is a more paramount issue, like, he can't he can't generate easy shots or get to the rim at all, which means there's not going to be room to utilize his passing as an on-ball player. He is, like, a really fun foul grifter, which I'll give him, which is important um, for his role, I think. But he, he never generates easy shots. Like, he just can't do it. And for a primary, like, you have to do that. So, like, what are you getting as, like, a small, like, a 6'2 secondary scorer who doesn't pass or defend or get easy shots? Like... Because, uh, again, it's like um, – I don't remember who I said this about, but I said this about somebody earlier on this podcast. Like, it, it's diminishing returns because his – oh, BJ. I, I said BJ. Like, his best skills, like, require lots of usage, but he's not a guy who's good enough to get lots of usage, to me at least. So, like, I I don't know. Like, like, he's just not that interesting to me. Like, I'll take him in the second round because, like, on the off chance he's, like, the best shooter ever. 
Um, the thing sure. is, like, and, and this is he's not the kind of guy that I'm I'm prone to liking. I Especially do, not. I do kind of get it because he really just might be that good of a score shooter type. I mean, didn't he? Yeah. Isn't, he isn't he like the all-time leading scorer in EYBL or something like that? Like he's like he's, he's got some like ridiculous that. priors. Well, yeah, in terms of that but, stuff. Yeah. and it, I mean maybe like a Jamal Crawford role, well. like that kind of thing. I don't know. Maybe more yeah, like a like high-end six-man scorer. Yeah, like 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 if you want him to be Lou Williams or win the annual like scoring guard of the year award, like fine. There's value um, in that. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. not, I I mean, Lou's the only guy that like like that that I have ever like really loved, and because it was in part because Lou was always better at the supporting stuff that people thought he was. Like Lou was like an incredible foul drawer, for instance. The people just did, people just didn't know that about him. It was like, oh, he's six one and can score, but it was like, no, he's actually efficient because he gets to the line and makes threes and that kind of stuff yeah lou is probably like a high-end outcome for for cam and like i don't really think he gets there um well uh, it's, it's hard to project anybody i mean lou it's it's hard to project anybody to do what lou's been able to do and it's a credit to yeah. him i'm biased I, I played against the guy like i i've known him for a long time but still um it's hard to project i get the comps that always happen there's always a guy or two in every class that's like oh this guy's either lou williams or jamal crawford and it's like yeah they might be but it's hard to do what lou has done for you know, 15 a years. Long time, yeah. <laughs> Basically. How bad did Lou foul grift you? Um, well, I, you know, Lou didn't have to foul grift back then. Uh, in high school, in high school, middle <laughs> school, when I was playing against Lou, and, and by the way, playing against is very loose. Like, I was not very good at basketball. Um, <laughs> but uh, he, he was so dumb. I mean, you can imagine how good you have to be to be yep. a, a prep to pro uh, guard at 6'1". Uh, he was absurd in high school, uh, as you might imagine. In fact, I maintain that Lou got so bored in high school that he was almost as good as a freshman as he was as a senior in high school, which is kind of why he didn't go as high on the draft as he was supposed like to go. Eight. Like Lou, eight. Lou, Lou was the same player at, at 14 than he was at 17 or 18. All joking <laughs> aside, it was, it was absurd. Like that, that's a whole rabbit hole, but I swear to you, like now I you make me want to go watch Lou Williams. Well, I'll, nev- I'll never forget it. Cause I, I'm a year, I'm a year ahead of Lou in school, but as a freshman, he pretty much beat the, reigning state champions that returned everyone and they were all seniors and he was 14 and he beat him by himself i was there he had like 48 like just one of those absurd performances that you'll never forget in your life and it's like that kid's 50, he gets 14 years old like what that's impossible. i found a Lou williams high school highlight tape, godspeed so you probably see my brother I'm... in there somewhere <laughs> um so yeah anyway. oh, yeah so yeah nay cam thomas to me but someone i do love the last i mentioned is kessler edwards and i think if the the um the Hawks would like to add him to their like treasure trove of rangy wings. Like, go for it. Like, I, I'm on board. I mean, especially especially if you buy the weird jump shot and it, it goes in a lot. So. Oh, I totally buy it. He is a versatile shooter. The volume is there. I think his weird jump shot has gotten less weird over the years. Like, I totally buy the shooting. Like, his his shooting projection is quite good to me. And like, obviously, like the team defense is so good. Like, his ground coverage is spectacular. He's a machine. His instincts, uh, the way he uses his arms and hands, like Garuba. Um, just the issues are is like he just like really lacks explosion, which hurts his rim protection upside. Um, not that great at the point of attack, but like six foot eight, like really like ground coverage specialist, which is like super important and useful in the modern NBA. Um, I, I'm currently watching watching Lou Williams dunk on people while I while I uh, say this, which is which is cool um, <laughs> in high school. But yeah, I mean like like he's gonna be an awesome shooter like uh, for his role i think plus like really good team defense like that's a specialist you want and especially when you have a guy like trey um he's someone you can afford to have even if he's like a little more limited offensively so i i I think kessler at at 20 to the hawks would be great even though he's probably not going to go that high 
Yeah, I mean, I would be uh, I would be okay with him at 20. I think that is a little higher than he's probably going to go. But I, I maintain if he didn't play at Pepperdine, he would be seen in a higher light in some in some oh, respects. I don't disagree that at all, even though Pepperdine is, is is quite cool. No, I mean, I mean, I've been to that campus. It's a lot of fun, but people don't watch them play basketball very much. I drive by often, and their basketball team is fun. He he and Colby Ross. There like, you go. So I, I recommend watching watch Pepperdine basketball, but most people did not watch them this year. So I think yeah. he's off the radar for that reason, and and the weird shot. Although I again, I I do believe that it's going to go in because it has forever. Okay, um, so Lou Williams just like dunked on people in high school. Oh yeah, I mean I. I Again, we could do a whole Lou Williams high school podcast, but yes, uh, Lou is—he's always has always been a professional scorer type, but also like had I think more bursts when he was younger, which is uh, yeah, kind of happens sometimes. Sometimes some guys like peak peak athletically early. I think he might have been more bursty in high school than he was as a pro, which is weird, but alas, yeah. Um, and now I'm watching him in the 2005 high school McDonald's All American Dunk Contest, which I just <laughs> was in. Uh, he's That's not so doing. Great. No, I mean he's he's still like six six one on a good day, so it's not like he uh, is very big. But um, this is you know. this was a fun rabbit hole to go down to Brad. I, I yeah, I'm, I'm glad oh, you waited to the Listen, if, if anybody's still listening, they are uh, they're diehards, so I, I don't I don't really feel as bad going into the rabbit hole <laughs> at the end of the podcast. But um, that, yeah. that's probably a good place to stop, though, Ben. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If you'd like to plug anything, please do. I know you're not uh, hosting Prep to Pro anymore right now, but uh, if you have anything to plug. Feel free. Um, not really. Um, just, you know, um, I mean, follow you on Twitter always at Ben underscore Fife underscore. I tweet basketball and other things and my little voice notes and clips I'll be posting up until the draft probably, which is rapidly approaching. It's pretty fucking crazy at this point. Like, the, the draft there. is so close. Like, it's crazy. We're getting very close. Mm-hmm. It's going to be weird that it's going to show up early. We talked before we started talking, before we started recording about how crazy it is to go from last year's endless cycle to this year's seemingly very fast one. So I'm all, I'm all off kilter, but uh, that's why I have people and like you. Now I have stumbled upon a Monte Ellis highlight tape and he looks like Alan Iverson in high school. There was a, <laughs> this is the last thing I promised. There was a, there was a setup showcase game when Lou and South Carolina went to, uh, went to Mississippi to play Monte in high school. And they actually, Monte beat up, beat up Lou pretty bad. It was pretty uh, shocking at the, at the time. Monte, Monte, Monte got his number in that, in that first Monte looks ridiculous in this yeah so there you go my lord okay Off the radar uh, mid to mid 2000s high school basketball in georgia i'm a professional at that if you ever had any questions I was here. point being it is very difficult to do what these guys do in the league and even when you do get to that level there are you know questions to me at least about how valuable that kind of player is being so. able to stay there too for as oh that dunk was nice <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, thank you, Ben. Uh, please follow Ben's work uh, on, on the Twitter machine and elsewhere. If he ever does anything else, then he will, I'm sure, share it with you on Twitter if you're following him. So thank you for joining me for at least the third year in a row. Ben, I appreciate it. Yeah, third year in a row. Let's, let's hopefully make it many more. I'm happy to do it again for sure once this cycle is over. Maybe, we'll, maybe I'll we'll circle back and talk about whoever they drafted and we go deep on somebody. So thank you, sir. Uh, as for everybody else, check out part one. If you're listening to this part now and part two. But uh, if nothing else, we'll see you all next time.